I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. My text comes from verse number 38 or beginning there. And it's a very familiar story. Here's what it says. Now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, just like you all are doing right now by watching church online. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary hath chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha is frantically running around the house trying to get things in place for the unprepared, unannounced arrival of Jesus and his 12 disciples for lunch. She is vacuuming. She is sweeping. She's making up the bed. She's picking up the toys. She's washing the dishes out of the sink and she's pulling together some leftovers to serve Jesus' lunch. I bet you she's going to milk the cow and she's going to pluck the chicken and get everything ready, putting on the tea kettle. She's running around. She's panicking, powdering her nose, putting on some clothes. Jesus showed up up unexpected she's going hard she's distracted with much servant and mary her sister is just chilling just relaxing today i want to minister to you on the subject of forced shutdown forced shutdown let's pray father in the name of jesus would you minister to us by your grace and by your power would you speak to us in these times with a powerful truth In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. As we come to the text, we find two sisters living at two completely different paces in life. Martha is the pre-COVID pace. She's the New York Minute pace. She's the city that never sleeps pace. She's the taking the subway to work and getting off a few blocks from work and then walking as fast as you can with your cell phone in your hand and your head down, oblivious to what's going on all around you. Mary is the shelter in place pace. Martha is how most of us were. Mary is how most of us are. Most of us BC, that's before COVID, by the way. Before COVID, most of us before that, we looked at Mary as the hero and Martha as the zero. But now we've been forced to shelter in place and Martha has become our target and we are growing weary and tired of acting like Mary. We want to get back to the fast pace of life. We want to get back to running the kids everywhere. We want to get back to the commitments and we want to get back to a schedule that overwhelms us with activities. We want to get back to life, back to reality. But what if I told you that Mary is still the hero in the story? What if I told you that God is collectively saying during this pandemic, Martha, Martha, you were way too distracted with non-essential things. That's what God is saying to us. What if I told you God is calling out to you right now saying, Martha, Martha, or if you're from my generation, Marsha, Marsha. You remember that from the Brady Bunch? What if I told you that although COVID-19 was not the plan or the hand of God, because that would be the furthest thing from a spiritual truth, because God is not in the habit of making people sick and killing people. But even though it's not from the hand of God, God in typical God-like fashion is taking the, what the enemy meant for good, this, this spiritual 
shut down. He's taking what the enemy meant for evil, I should say, and turning it around for good. He's taking what the enemy tried to do to hurt us, and he's turning it into something to help us. I think from a heavenly perspective, this is a spiritually forced shutdown. What if I told you that Martha represents the pace of life that leads to many of life's maladies, and Mary represents the pace of life that leads to the miracles that we so often miss because we are too distracted by the pace of life. What if I told you that that Martha, although she has wonderful attributes, is, is a pace of life that God is trying to pull us away from. And make no mistake about it, Martha had some wonderful attributes. She welcomed Jesus into her home. That's a good thing, right? Because most of us were living a life that was like Sunday Christians and Jesus wasn't showing up in our houses, but now he's on the big screen in our houses. What if I told you that Martha was had some good characteristics, like she was given to serving? If you had a world full of Marthas, you'd never have a volunteer shortage. And my favorite Martha attribute was she believed in cleaning our house. You know, there's a scripture that says cleanliness is next to godliness, right? It's my favorite scripture in all the Bible. People say, Pastor, is that really in the Bible? No, but it should be. <laughs> I love it. Martha had some good qualities. But you know what? Martha, even though she had some good qualities, Martha is not who we should be shooting for in life because when we live life like that, we we tend to peter out. We were not meant to live life at the frenetic pace that most of us were doing pre-COVID. For many, the Martha pace was such a part of our lives that we actually turned busy into a badge of honor. Listen to what most of our conversations sounded like BC, before COVID. Think about it. How are you doing? A little busy. What's going on? Oh, just, just keeping busy. Sorry I'm late. I was just so busy. We made busy this badge of honor in our life, and we spoke about it as if it was the ultimate value in life. And what Jesus is telling Martha here, and what he is telling us during this forced shutdown is that busy is not always better. And in fact, sometimes busy can lead to a brokenness in our lives that manifests itself in so many different ways. Anxiety, stress, which is the main cause of all fatal illnesses. Fatherlessness from busy. Motherlessness from busy. Disconnect in marriage for busy. Lock key kids as a result of busy. Missed moments that we could never get back because of busy. And a barrenness in our soul because we are too busy for God. And so from a spiritual point of view, not in any way suggesting again that that COVID came from God because God doesn't send things like this. But in typical God-like fashion, God uses what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it around for good. What if God is using this as a forced spiritual shutdown so that we can establish a new and healthier normal? Not a permanent stop, but a temporary rest. Do you know ever since the beginning of time, God has been pushing the idea of regular shutdowns and regular rest. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 2, the book of beginnings, that's where almost every principle that we can live by was established. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 2, it says, On the seventh day, he, speaking of God, rested from his work. 
God didn't rest because he was tired because the scripture tells us God never gets tired or weary. He rested to give all of us busy people a pattern or a rhythm of life that we should follow so we can live an abundant life. Matter of fact, God is so serious about this solution from a Martha BC paced life to a Mary type of paced life that God regularly reminds us all throughout scripture of these forced shutdowns. Exodus chapter number 20, verse number eight says this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, set apart to God. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it shall you not do any work. Now this passage is part of the Ten Commandments. That means that God put rest right up there with do not steal, do not murder, and do not commit adultery. I mean, think about that for a second. God puts resting in that category of importance. And some scholars believe that when God was giving the Ten Commandments, he listed them in order of what was most important. And if that is the case, then in God's eyes, rest is more important than things like not stealing or not murdering or not committing adultery. And maybe the reason why is because if we were rested the right way, we would have the right kind of mind to not steal or kill or commit adultery. It's almost as if God knew that you and I would rebel against this whole idea of resting. It's almost as if God knew you and I would kind of just poo-poo the whole idea of, you know, a forced shutdown. It's almost as if you and God knew that you and I wore busy as a badge. And so what God does is when he comes to keeping the Sabbath day holy, when it comes to resting, God treats it differently than the other Ten Commandments. How so? Well, when it comes to the other kind of commandments, and some of them we just mentioned, when it comes to murder, for example, God explains it in four words. He says, you shall not murder. When it comes to stealing, he explains it in four words. He says, you shall not steal. When it comes to adultery, he gives it five words. A little bit more important. He said, you shall not commit adultery. But when it comes to a forced shutdown called rest once a week, God gives a whole entire paragraph. It's almost as if like God is trying to say something to us. God is so serious about these four shutdowns that before giving the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. He peppers their heart. He prepares their mind by taking them through this little visual example so that they will understand the importance of resting, forcing some shutdowns in life so that the, the Martha side of us doesn't take over and we miss the moments that we are supposed to treasure in life. And so you remember the story a couple chapters before the Ten Commandments. Israel is in the wilderness and they're wandering. They're complaining they have no food. You know, they oh, we have no food, took us out here to starve. You know, by the way, you always have a choice in life. You can either complain or you can appreciate what's going on. You can always look for your blessings or you can complain about the bad things that are happening. And it's much better to be grateful for what's going on in your life. Anyway, God hears them complaining about the fact that they have no food. And so God says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to feed you for, with some manna from heaven. And by the way, big shout out to everybody who's been participating and helping us in our program, Manna from Heaven. This is where we got it from. This week we gave, gave away 350 Chick-fil-A box meals. It's like Chick-fil-A. It's awesome, right? And so God hears them and he says, okay, I'm going to feed you. Exodus chapter 16, verse number 13. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared. I love that verse. Thin flakes like frost, frosted, 
flakes. I think they're great. But the children of Israel did not. That was so funny right there. You have no idea why that was funny if you've ever seen Tony the Tiger. Anyway, they looked at, you know, the frosted flakes around it. And they didn't think they were great. And matter of fact, you know what manna means? It means what is this? And so I thought about that. What is this? And I thought the next time my wife makes me something that I don't really like and I don't want to insult her, I'm going to say, honey, this is like manna from heaven. Because it's as if I'm saying, what is this? But she doesn't know that, right? But here's the point. What God does is concerning the manna is he says this. He says, every day I want you to go out. In the morning, I want you to wake up and I want you to gather as much as you need for that day. No more than what you need for that day. I don't want you to hoard. I don't want you to store it up in your tent. I don't want you to, you know, put it in your cupboards. I don't want you to get a hundred rolls of toilet paper and stock it away just in case the toilet paper runs out. And I know how to fix all the people who are stealing the toilet paper, by the way. We're going to buy up all the plungers. Ha! This is so funny. You know, I hate the fact that nobody's here to laugh at these jokes. And the band, you guys could actually help me out right now because it's good stuff. Anyway, God says every day you go out, you collect one day's worth of manna. He says, but the day before the Sabbath, here's what I want you to do. I want you to collect two days worth of manna. And he says, I'm going to do something supernatural with that second day. Because every day, if they collected more than they needed, it would rot. But on the day before the Sabbath, the day of rest, the day of the fourth shutdown, he said, you can collect two days and I will supernaturally protect the manna from rotting those days. And here was the message of the Sabbath. He was saying, if you trust me by shutting down one day a week, I will supernaturally touch your life by allowing you to accomplish seven days of work in six days. I will do a supernatural work in your life if you shut it down one day a week. What I think is so interesting is that God knew that Israel would become a great nation. He knew that they would, they would develop a lot of wealth, become exporters of goods, have a lot of businesses, so on and so forth. And like us, they would get tempted to believe that they were the source of all their success. And so what God said to them, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one day a week and I want you to shut it down as a, a day of rest, rest from your work and acknowledge that I'm your source. And what's interesting is that God has given us two primary resources in our life, rest or time and money. And with each of those two primary resources, God has set aside something for us to do so that we would recognize him as the source. On the Sabbath day, we take a rest and we say, God, that you are the source of everything that happens in our life. And so we're going to set this day aside to you. And if we do, God, you're going to stretch our time. And then we bring our tithe once a week to the house of God. And when we do, God stretches our money. And so it's interesting to me that with the two primary resources, resources that we have in life, time and money, God sets aside something for us to do so that we can be reminded that he is our source. And here's what God is saying to us in both of these cases. When you put me first by setting aside these things, in this case that we're talking about today, resting, I'll do supernatural things in your life. And I believe God is sending a message to us through this forced shutdown. And the message is, we must be intentional about letting the Mary in us win out over the Martha in us often enough that we can have and live a healthy life. And I want to give you four rest principles from this forced forced shutdown that we can learn. 
And they, they spell rest, by the way. So I took a little time to figure this out. Ready? The first four shutdown principle, rest means resetting your priorities. Martha was doing all important stuff, wasn't she? She was opening up her home to Jesus. That, that's important. She was cleaning her house. Remember, cleanliness is next to godliness. By the way, can somebody type in the chat what scripture that is in the Bible? I know it's got to be in there somewhere. Anyway, she was, she was cleaning her house. That's important. She was cooking for her family. That's important. She was serving. That's important. But one of the most important things was sitting at, the most important thing was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she forgot about that thing that was more important than the other important things. And she missed the moment. Even though Martha was doing important stuff, Mary was able to choose to focus on the more important stuff. Remember what what Jesus said to her. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Choosing to invest in the most important things of life is all about resetting our priorities. That's what rest is. Rest is resetting your priorities. God would much rather you have less than do too much to get more. God would rather you get passed up for the promotion than miss your kids growing up. God would rather you be less affluent than always anxious. God would rather you be less stressed than more successful. What what rest is, is resetting our priorities to put the most important stuff on top for us to give our focus to. Rest is not about doing nothing and being lazy. Rest, contrary to what's happening in some people's homes right now, is not about refusing to shower or brush your teeth or comb your hair or wash your clothes or get up and get dressed in the morning. Rest is not simply about staying in bed all day long and getting depressed. That is not biblical rest. Biblical rest is about resetting your priorities so that you can focus on the most important stuff. Mary said no to the good. So she could say yes to the great. When Lisa and I first got married, Lisa was the breadwinner. And the reason why she was the breadwinner is not because I refused to work or none of that kind of stuff. was because I gave up my career to go into ministry. And uh, we sat down together. We talked about this. And, and, and we were 100% okay. And then Lisa got pregnant. And when she got pregnant, we sat down and we talked again about it. And she said, well, you know, I would really like to not have to work outside the home so that I can be home to raise our children. And because that was her heart, that was the thing that she wanted to do and the thing that I also agreed with, she decided she was going to stop working even though she was the breadwinner. For us, here's what that meant. It meant we had to go down to one car for a long season of time because we couldn't afford to. It meant that we couldn't eat out like we wanted to. It meant that we couldn't go on vacations like we wanted to. It meant that we had to watch every dollar that we were spending. But it also meant that we would have a happy home. A home where we were prioritizing what was most important. Here's what I realized. I realized that not everybody can do that. But more importantly, not everybody wants to do that. Because for them, luxury is more important than a loving home. 
Sometimes it's not because we have to, but it's because we don't like what we have to give up in order to have some of the important priorities come to pass in our life. And so rest is about resetting our priorities so that what's important is on the top of the list. And here's what I believe. I believe that God is challenging us and he's challenging our priorities during this forced shutdown. And I believe that we are once again learning to put first things first. Things like faith in God and family. And we're willing to put those now above the empty pursuits of life that lead to many of the self-imposed struggles. I don't know about you, but there is a silver lining in this situation. And maybe, just maybe, the silver lining is a holy shift. I said holy shift. And maybe the, maybe the holy shift is a shift from the unimportant to the really important. And here's the good news. When our priorities are in, are in order, God's blessing always shows up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. Priorities in order, God's blessing shows up. Most of us heard of Chick-fil-A. Again, we gave out Chick-fil-A this week at our Manna from Heaven program. People flocked to it. You know, we had way more people than we could give to this week because everybody loves Chick-fil-A. And we've all heard of Chick-fil-A, but not many of us know who Truett Cathy is. Truett Cathy is the owner, the founder, CEO of Chick-fil-A. And he's a God-fearing man. And so before he opened Chick-fil-A, he made a decision because he's an ardent follower of Christ, a very serious Christian. And his decision was, none of my restaurants are going to be open on Sunday. And sure enough, everybody in the fast food business thought that this is financial suicide for any fast food restaurant because one of their number one days is Sunday. But True Kathy believed that on Sunday, he had to honor God with a day of rest, and he had to focus on going to church and being with his family. And so he said, you know what? We're going to shut down our restaurants on Sundays. Did it cost him financially? Yeah, probably. But what did he gain? He has a healthy marriage. He's considered a wonderful father. He's a youth worker in his church and he loved it. He's a man in good health, which is supernatural if you own a fast food chain. Could you imagine if I owned a McDonald's? I'd be like 500 pounds. I'd be like having Big Macs for breakfast all the time. He, he's, he's in good health and he owns a fast food chain. And by the way, he's also a multi-millionaire. Do you know why? Because God did something supernatural in his life. Because he forced a shutdown by resetting his priorities. God's blessing shows up. When life is right, God's blessing shows up in our life. But the second thing that rest means, and we're learning from this forced shutdown, is E, enjoy life. When you think about Mary and Martha for a minute, who do you see as the happy one? Like just picture right now in your mind's eye, close your eyes right there at home, give it like a a moment. Hmm. Who do you picture right now as the happy one? Who's got the smile on their face? Mary or Martha? You know Martha's got a scowl on her face. She's serving, but she's like one of those waitresses that you go to at the restaurant that is way too busy. That's like, can I take your order? Slams the food down on you. Can you picture her serving Jesus? She's slamming that food down. Pam! She's looking at Jesus. If looks could kill, both Jesus and Mary would be dead. Because remember, she, she got angry with both of them. She said, Lord, don't you care? Don't, Lord, don't, don't you care? Can, can you see, Jesus, what's going on? 
Why don't you tell her to get off of her blessed assurance? That's code talk for you know what? And help me out. Not exactly enjoying life. But here's what rest does. It helps you to enjoy life. And do you know that, that God came so that we can enjoy life? Some, some people think that serving God is misery. But Jesus famously said, and listen to it, John chapter 10, verse number 10, in the Amplified Version, it says, the thief comes in order to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. And by the way, this is a scripture that we should measure almost everything by because COVID is stealing, killing, and destroying. So guess what? It comes from the thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Notice what Jesus said. I came that they might have and enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy life and, and resting from the Martha pace of life enables us to enjoy life. One of the things I've been doing in our Wednesday night online Bible studies, by the way, at eight o'clock on all of our social media, is I've been starting out by, by sharing some funny memes with everybody. And the reason why I've been doing that is because I want us to laugh. And the reason why I want us to laugh is because Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Listen to some things about laughter. Laughter relaxes your body. It leaves your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes. Some of you are like, I can't wait to go get a massage. Laugh. You know what it does? It relaxes all your muscles. You feel like you just had a massage. Laughter, did you know this? It boosts your immune system. Laughter decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infectious fighting antibodies, improving your resistance to disease. Laughter does that. Last, laughter triggers the release of endorphins, which can temporarily relieve pain. Laughter protects your heart. It improves the function of blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can help protect your heart against heart attacks and cardiovascular problems. Laughter, check this out, it burns calories. When I saw that, I'm like, ha ha! Somebody make me laugh. It doesn't substitute going to the gym. But some of you right now, your gym memberships have been canceled. You can laugh yourself in a good shape. It reduces, burns calories. Laughter lightens anger's heavy load. It puts into perspective problems that enable you to move on from confrontations without holding on to bitterness and resentment. Laughter also may even help you live longer. You know, there was a study done in Norway, found that people with a strong sense of humor outlive those who don't laugh much. And here's where they saw the greatest difference in can cancer patients. Cancer patients who laughed and were happy, outlived those who didn't. Rest means enjoying life. Martha was overly engaged in the wrong things and so she was angry. By the way, the reason why some people are just not happy is because they're, they're living a Martha-paced life. Gotta go here, gotta go there, gotta go here, gotta go there. They can't slow down enough just to enjoy life. But Mary, she, she understood how to disengage, how to, how to force a shutdown so that she could enjoy life. The third thing that rest means that we're learning from this force, force shutdown is it means S, soul care. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, a place that she's familiar with. You remember the story. Prior to her and our family having an intimate relationship with Jesus where he stopped over for lunch and there's evidence in the Bible that Jesus went over their house a lot. He just kind of hung out there. He crashed there. But prior to that, Mary was alienated from her family. Mary's soul was sick. It was stained with sin. It was separated from God and from her family. 
And she was sick from being abused and used and undervalued and overlooked because she was the town prostitute. But somewhere along the line, she met Jesus and Jesus set her soul free. Jesus gave her her dignity back. He released her from her past, her guilt and her shame. He gave her a new identity as a child of God. He restored her back into relationship with her family. He set her free. He cleansed her soul and he freed her from sin and death. And you remember the story when he, when she first kind of expressed that. Jesus was invited over to Simon the Pharisee's house, not because they liked Jesus, but because they were trying to trap and trick Jesus. And so when he got there, they, they didn't do any of the things they were supposed to do. They didn't greet him with a holy kiss. They didn't wash his feet. They didn't anoint his head with oil. And Mary was watching because in Bible days you can watch what was happening in, in aristocratic people's houses. They had kind of like portico and she was kind of sitting out there with the crowd watching. She's watching all this go on and Mary can't stand it anymore. And you remember what she does? She bum rushes the party and she bum rushes the party. What does she do? She gets right at the feet of Jesus. And what does she begin to do? She begins to kiss his feet because they didn't greet him with a holy kiss. She begins to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair because they didn't do that. And then she breaks her alabaster box of oil and she puts it all over Jesus's body. And the reason why she did all of this is because Jesus had cleansed her soul. And now he's come over her house after all that. He's at they're home. And Martha is moving around at a frantic pace. She's, she's milking the goat. She's plucking the chicken. I don't know why I'm saying that. It just sounds fun to me. Milking the goat, plucking the chicken. You know, she's cleaning the dishes. She's, she's pulling together the leftovers. She's, she's vacuuming in pearl. She's doing everything that she needs to do, right, to get the house ready. Because she doesn't understand that what matters most to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha doesn't value sitting at the feet of Jesus, but Mary will never forget what sitting at the feet of Jesus did for her. Martha doesn't know because she didn't have it in life like Mary had it. You know, life takes a lot out of us. The hustle and bustle, the pain and the heartache, the tears and the struggle. And even though many times we keep it moving, every battle takes a little peace. And sure, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but sometimes it detracts from your strength. And over time, it can mount. And over time, we need to be replenished. And Mary knew this because of what she's been through. Some people just know. And some people never know because they haven't gone through what other people have gone through. Some people don't know, but others will never forget. Others will forever understand that the soul can only be replenished in the presence of the Savior. You can try to fix the brokenness on the inside by covering it up with all stuff that comes from the culture on the outside. But I can assure you that there's only one cure that will bring you the soul care that you need and that's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Psalm 23 tells us, you remember the psalm, it's so famous, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Check it out, check it out, verse number three. He... He restores my soul. The fact that it said he restores my soul means that my soul sometimes needs to be restored. It needs to be replenished. Needs, stuff needs to come back in. He restores my soul. The context is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What's that? That's life. That's the battles we go through as we live in this broken world. And the psalm says this. It says money doesn't restore my soul. 
It says work doesn't restore my soul. Not even vacation restores my soul. Success doesn't restore my soul. Accomplishments and accolades don't restore my soul. The psalmist said he and only he restores my soul. Mary knew what Martha was too busy to capture in the moment that it's only the Savior who can restore the soul that has been stripped by the struggles of this world. Rest means prioritizing above all things, sitting at the feet of the Savior. Yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, it's meant to push us away from God. But I see God using this forced shutdown to draw people to him that wouldn't ordinarily shut it down so that he can restore their soul. Because God's got no competition right now. God doesn't have sports on Sunday to contend with anyone. He doesn't have games for the kids that cause people to miss four months of church over the summertime. God doesn't have hobbies to contend with. God has people who are looking for something to do. So guess what they do? They tune in to church online. We have seen six to seven times the amount of people in attendance every week than what would normally happen on a weekend. And this is God, and why is this God? This is God drawing people to him through a forced shutdown who wouldn't ordinarily tune into him so that the Savior can restore their soul. And by the way, when the soul is restored, life works the way it's supposed to. 3 John 2, here's what it says. Beloved, I pray, and one version says, above all things, that you may prosper and be in health. Watch this, watch this. Even as your soul prospers. Here's what God is saying. If you prioritize your soul, if you care for your soul, the the replenishment and the rest that your soul gets will show up in your health and your wealth. Do you know why a lot of people are sick unnecessarily? It's because their soul is not being cared for. And God is telling us through this force, shut down, take care of your soul. But then lastly, rest means treasure the moment. Treasure the moment. My daughter's going to get married soon. She's grown up way too fast. My son's grown up fast, but there's something about your daughter growing up quick. It's a little different. Some of you that have both a son and a daughter, you know this. Son grows up quick, you think, ah, he'll just take care of himself. Your daughter grows up quick, you're like, that's my baby. And years ago, knowing that the day would come where she moved from baby to bride in the blink of an eye, I wrote her a song for our sweet 16. Here are just a few of the words. Curls in her hair, bounding down the stairs, asking me to throw her up in the air, to protect her when she's scared and hold her when she cries, to have those moments once again with my baby girl. Where has the time gone? She's grown up way too fast. Sometimes I wonder what I've missed. God, grant me one last wish. If I could turn back time and hold her just right, I'd read her bedtime stories and tuck her in real tight. I'd pray with her softly and kiss her goodnight. I'd tell her I love her as I looked into her eyes, knowing I had years before I'd say goodbye. If I had just one wish, you'd be my baby girl one more time. If I could turn back time, but I can't. Here's the thing, and you can't either. 
When time moves, it, it moves, it's gone. And so what is God saying to us? What is rest? Treasure every meaningful moment. Mary recognizes it's not every day that Jesus comes over your house in the flesh for lunch. Jesus is over Mary and Martha's house for lunch. Mary recognizes this is a special moment, but Martha is so busy, she's about ready to miss it. Martha is saying, or Mary is saying, this is a moment we can't get back. Mary is saying, this is a moment we must treasure. Mary is saying, we must not let going from here to there and having to do this and that cause us to miss this moment. We are going to put this and that and the other thing all aside so we can treasure this moment. Online family. Let's treasure this moment. Yes, it's a full shutdown. But soon enough, it's going to be over. And we are going to be back to the hustle and bustle. And we are going to long for the days where our Martha selves could give way to our Mary selves, where our fast pace can be up interrupted by a better soul pace. Treasure this moment of shutdown. Trust me, the kids grow up quick. You can't get it back. Seize the moment. Here is, I'm going to show you this and cue it up, everybody. Get this, get this ready. Here is a moment caught on a video from the life of our New York City campus pastor and his daughter, Tierra. Close your eyes. You close your eyes. Treasure the moment. That's what rest is. Yes, it's a forced shutdown, but it's also a fabulous moment in time. From Mary's perspective, it wasn't every day that, that Jesus was at their house to be with them personally. But here's the thing, and the worship team, can you can just kind of get ready to close here. But here's the thing. Even though Jesus couldn't stop over their house every single day, Jesus wants to be with you every single day plus one. Every single moment of your life, he wants to be with you. But you've got to surrender your life to him. Today, here's what I believe he's doing. I believe he's calling you to his feet so your soul can be reborn. So your soul can be replenished. And if I'm talking to you right now, if right now you feel the Spirit of God tugging at your heart, if you feel like God is speaking to you directly and you don't know where you stand with God, I want you to join me in this prayer right where you are. Kitchen, family room, living room, bathroom on your phone, 
wherever you are, I want you to say this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. Restore my soul, I pray in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, the Bible says your, your soul has now been washed and cleansed. It's now sin-free. You're right with God. It's been reborn, refreshed. And here's what we need you to do. If that's you, if you're watching on Church Online, there's a little button that says, raise my hand. Hit that raise my hand button. It's important for you to do it because you need to tell somebody that you surrendered your life to Jesus. If you're watching on a platform that doesn't have that little button, simply in the chat, write the word Jesus, and one of our hosts is going to reach out to you. We're going to give you some resources to help you in your journey with Christ. I want you to know He loves you more than you'll ever know, so much so that there's a forced shutdown so that you can connect with your Savior. Thanks so much for watching, but don't just stop there. Click the Watch Live button in the description below to join us for Faith Church Online every Sunday morning. And while you're there, you can set a reminder to come back Sundays at 9 and 11. If you'd also like to learn more about getting involved here at Faith Church, you can click the Connect button. And be sure to subscribe to this channel so that you don't miss a single video and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you again for watching. And as always, remember, with Jesus, you are destined to win.